0: All right, everybody, here we are with Warrior Poet Project number four and a half, Uh, Warrior Poet Project number four. We had some audio difficulties halfway through, so it ended up being a largely private conversation between myself and my friend Brian Jimerson, a very successful commodities and futures trader who's been focused on trading currencies as of late, and we were speaking largely about the economic crisis in Europe and how that could potentially spread and the ramifications of that. Uh, We lost about thirty-five minutes in there, uh, but we were just getting warmed up anyway. So I'll uh, I'll bring you up to speed on kind of some of what we talked about, and then uh, splice that in with the uh, the remainder of the conversation where we go all the way to talking about the uh, the bath salt zombie apocalypse. So basically, where we started was discussing a little bit what he does as a uh, commodities and a a futures trader trading currencies. Uh, Basically, he's taking the value of one currency and crossing it against the value of another. And hoping that that ratio moves in his favor. Now, the ratio of currencies change because people are always uh, changing the influx of money and putting their money in different currencies for different reasons. Um, the, one of the main reasons, however, though, is interest rates. So, if you're here with the U.S. dollar and you know you have a uh, just hypothetically, let's say you're only getting one percent interest on the U.S. dollar, it's more than that. Um, but in the euro, you know you're getting a five percent interest rate. Well. If you're a big institution or a large wealthy individual, it makes more sense for you to hold euros rather than dollars as your private bank account savings because you're going to get paid an extra 5% interest or extra 4% over what you would get in the US. Now a lot of factors uh, and and a lot of the arbitrage in between uh, currencies has to do with people betting on what these interest rate changes are going to be. And the biggest indicator of what the interest rate changes are going to be are the strength of the economy. In a really strong economy where everybody's spending and spending and everything is good, uh, the, the national, you know, the national banks are going to raise the interest rates to try and incentivize people to keep money in their, in the banks and to kind of combat the natural inflation that happens in these growth periods. So they'll raise interest rates so you have more incentive to keep your money in the bank. Uh, this is a very obviously very simple explanation of it but in times of a bad economy they're going to drop the interest rates to give you incentives to go out and spend and buy and create uh, and take in loans you know if the interest rates are really low you're way more likely to buy something on credit and then you know be able to start a business or at least you know stimulate the economy in that way uh, so that's called an easing monetary policy where they drop the interest rates stimulate um, the loans being taken out conversely when it's a high interest rate uh, it's a disincentive for people to take loans because they're going to have to pay back a much higher interest rate than they normally would have. So he's, you know, commu- you know, commodities and futures traders, This is, you know, probably a trillion-dollar industry. It's huge. One of the biggest games in the world. Some of the smartest individuals are doing it, and uh, some of the very best. I've actually had the honor of knowing and meeting, uh, like Paul Tudor Jones, Bruce Cogner. A lot of these guys, you know, they're edging out maybe twenty percent on returns on a year, and that's phenomenal. I mean, if you leave your money in the bank, like we were just talking, you're going to get, you know, a couple percent interest back if you have a very high-yield account. Uh, So it makes sense to give these guys large amounts of money, and a lot of them, like Paul Jones, for example, and Bruce Kovner, have like $10 billion under management that they're trading. And they'll grind out, you know, in a good year, 20%. And if you can grind out 20%, you know, over a long period of time, the money is just going to flood in. You're going to have to cap it off. You know, people are going to be knocking down your door if you're consistent there. Um, Brian, this year, has put in a remarkable, like, 60% uh, return on investment in his commodities accounts, um, and which is really pretty outstanding. He's, a, he's what you would call a technical analyst, which is someone who analyzes the, um, basically the charts of these currencies and using the charts as indicators of the direction and sentiment of the market. Um, and as opposed to a fundamental analyst who takes kind of longer positions and longer kind of macro views on things. Uh, but I think actually, in, in truth, Brian combines a little fundamental analysis with his technical analysis, as, uh, as all people do. But he's been very successful in that. So I thought I would uh, opportune to take the time to discuss with him some of the issues going on um, in this European crisis that, uh, that is becoming more and more prescient um, and could affect us. Even more so. Um, beyond that, what we talked about is um, uh, one uh, one other kind of tangential thing that I wanted to bring up that uh, that got lost there is um, you know there's figuring out ways that we can help our economy grow. Um, you know there's there was one example that came from the Depression in the 1930s, and the example was from the, the Hungarian town or Austrian town of Worgl, W O R G L, and in this town actually. They did something completely revolutionary. They actually created a negative interest rate. So they were facing a depression, and they created a negative interest rate. And what that what that incited people to do is instead of leaving money in the banks, they took that money out, and they were spending it rapidly. They were helping their neighbors. They were investing in businesses. They were buying assets. They were doing things. So, in the case of a of a major depression, um, you know, really. Incentivizing people to spend their money is, uh, is certainly one way to go, but the problem is, like in Japan, they can drop the interest rate all the way down to zero, and all of a sudden, that's still no longer a stimulus. So what the what the country did in uh, in Wurgle, uh, what the town did in Wurgle, was they created an actual a negative interest rate. So there was almost like a, a a expiration, a stamp on on these currencies that got less valuable as they held it over time. And that was wildly successful. And obviously, with most of these wildly successful experiments, the the main government comes in and shuts it down. But uh, it's something to research if you guys wanted to take a look at it. And again, it's the the town's WORGL. And uh, you'll hear kind of an interesting story about that. Uh, But more more to the point of what we were discussing is if Greece leaves and if Spain leaves, what are the ramifications and then what should we do about it? Um, We get to talk about what we should do about it in the audio section that has remained it survived uh, through the computer crash. Um, But we didn't really, you know, we lost a bit of uh, of basically talking through what happens if Greece leaves the euro. Now there's tons of news about all these bailouts that are coming and Spain just asked for another 128 billion and um, everybody needs more and more money uh, basically because, you know, you gotta understand first of all that these banks, you know, they don't have all the money that you think they do you know they have everybody has their account balances well they don't have that money they've loaned that money out they have a fraction of that amount of money so if everybody actually demanded like okay bank give me all my money back you know I want I want cash or I wanna transfer it to somewhere else well they can't do that because their money is loaned out so when they're asking for these bailouts you know and 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 part of what puts the pressure on the system is the real estate collapse you know when real estate collapses all these banks have all these mortgages out that they're paying they actually own these properties but they're not getting paid any money back for it so they're they're just out massive amounts of money plus their own speculation which usually goes awry um, and they losing money on their own being just foolish uh, with their money which is certainly what most of our banks here in this country did that combined means that these banks don't even don't have the money to give us our money, should we need it, um, you know, and should we really want it? So that's why they're asking for these bailouts—is to be able to kind of meet the basic demand. So they really do need the money to a certain degree. Um, but the problem is, you keep giving them the money. It's like rewarding this bad behavior and creating this cycle where you keep pushing the ball uphill even farther until it just crashes and splatters down on all of us. So. Here's basically what happens if uh, if Greece leaves the euro. Greece needs more and more money. Their banks are failing. They've had um, bad accounting. I think in two thousand nine, the new the new government came in and realized that the uh, that the debt was like double what the previous administration was reporting. So you know, very kind of shady uh, politics and accounting going on in Greece in the first place. But anyway, so if Greece leaves, that means that basically all everything that's been You know, all the transactions that have been happening in euros all of a sudden have to happen in drachmas. And drachmas was what the previous currency was before it adopted the euro. So all of a sudden, all of these banks that have all these accounts have to switch over from euros to drachmas. Well, that doesn't happen instantly. You know, there's going to be a freeze, there's going to be panic leading up to it. People aren't going to know what the hell's going on. So to prevent what's called a run on the bank, where everybody just goes and grabs all their money and freaks out they're actually gonna shut the banks down, you know, is, is most likely what the predictions are. They're gonna shut the banks down. And what does that mean when they shut the banks down? That means they shut the ATM down, that means they shut everything down. That means imports and exports stop. I mean, how do you pay for anything if you can't have any banking transactions or know what currency and what value of the currency the other person's gonna get. So that means the food supplies stop coming in. <clears throat> means people aren't getting paid their wages. That means basically a massive period where it gets really rough, and there's just huge civil unrest. <clears throat> so in that period, not even the cops or the soldiers are even getting paid. So it's like, who's going to keep order here? Oh, the honorable, the honorable people, but you're relying on honor of everybody, and that's a uh, iffy situation in any country, not just Greece, relying on people's honor you know, in a panic situation where they're hungry, they're, they don't know what the hell's going on. Um, you know, It could get really ugly fast, but eventually the government will set the value of drachmas to euros. Well, they're going to probably set it at one-to-one, right? But that's completely nonsensical thinking. Immediately when that happens, everybody's going to sell all their drachmas and buy euros with them. They're going to buy euros with the drachmas. So the the drachma is going to immediately value, devalue itself, and it's going to come crashing down. Um, And when that happens, the, you know, everybody's store of wealth gets less the amount of money they're earning per paycheck is less valuable their savings is less valuable um, GDP is gonna fall the government's gonna have because GDP is gonna fall and their revenues are gonna be down as a government they're gonna have to print the shit out of money it's gonna hike the interest rates up uh, it's gonna hike the interest rates up and and the borrowing costs are gonna go way up uh, for people trying to take out loans to start businesses I mean full-scale depression in Greece you know a, a really kind of ugly situation but that's when you know if that is allowed to happen there is a famous economist named Joseph Schumpeter and Schumpeter said a depression is for capitalism like a nice cold shower because what happens is the market will eventually correct itself Uh, the costs are gonna go down as as people's wages go down so and then the productivity is gonna start to rise again and the cheaper drachma is gonna really boost exports and tourism because uh, people are going to want to buy cheaper Greek goods, and Greece is a huge, Greece is a huge shipping country, so people will buy the cheaper Greek goods. They're going to go visit Greece on the on the cheap. Uh, Greece is great for tourism, so there's going to be a huge stimulus that's going to come back into Greece and start to build once that happens. So that's the silver lining. Eventually, if you can get through it, and the problem is, is that you know any kind of recession or depression naturally has this effect if the market is allowed to do that. But we don't have the stomach for it anymore. We don't have the stomach for a depression or even a, even a hard recession. You know, we're just not accustomed to having to deal with that. So there's no natural counterbalance. So the counterbalance is these continual bailouts and stimuluses. Well, eventually the money's gonna run out and the musical chairs are gonna stop. And if we don't allow um, you know, some of these recessions or depressions to take place, then you know it's just going to get worse when it happens because it's going to happen as a force and that's maybe kind of the situation that we're already in so it's kinda with mixed feelings I mean the social unrest aspect is going to be dramatic it's going to be harsh Um, but ultimately it's probably what's needed to correct the system now if Greece doesn't leave the euro and it's like this cancerous black hole of money that they just keep trying to throw more money in uh, like Spain is right now you know that could drag the whole euro down and create a massive euro-wide crisis. So it's this dilemma of where, whether to like cut the cancer out um, or or try and keep supporting it. But the problem is, if Greece leaves, then it's not the only one in bad shape by a fucking long shot. Then Spain is the next one in line. You know, so people are going to have less faith in their Spanish currency. They don't want they don't want their Spanish euros to turn into Spanish pesetas. You know, and become devalued as well. So they're going to push all their money out of the Spanish banks. And there's going to be a Spanish crisis, and then Italy is going to look around. They don't want fucking liras anymore. They want euros. You know, liras. They saw what happened to the drachma. The drachma dropped fifty percent in value immediately. You know, so they don't want half of their money to go away. Who wants half of their money to go away? So they they you know start moving it. So the crisis starts to spread. And where does it stop? I mean, Germany is really one of the only countries that has any kind of financial stability here, but it's the one footing all the bills. Uh, currently as well so it could create this kinda of panic situation but in the interim how does this affect us well when this starts to happen people are not only gonna take their money out of these countries and put them in euros they're gonna buy dollars with them and they're gonna take their 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 currency and they're gonna convert it into dollars just like you would if you were on a vacation you know and you're converting your currency except this is happening in a massive scale when big bank transactions not little tellers to make you show your passport and and get a, little, get a little cash at a terrible interest rate. This is talking about major players, trillions of dollars that are going to start flowing through. So the dollar is going to get really, really strong. Well, that may sound good. Yeah, good, strong dollar. We're US. We have a good, strong, powerful dollar. Well, that's actually not very good for us because what happens then? Then our goods and services become extremely expensive. Our exports become too expensive for people to buy. So people stop buying them. They buy them from somewhere else and when our exports fall then fewer that means fewer jobs and fewer jobs for Americans shit our unemployment is already almost at the worst it's ever been and when unemployment falls then the GDP falls and then all of a sudden we're fine uh, unemployment rises sorry when unemployment rises our GDP falls so then you know we're finding ourselves in an even worse situation where um you know our exports are our exports are down but you know conversely our imports are going to be a little cheaper so that, that actually has more pressure because we're going to be buying less stuff domestically because it's fuck it's cheaper to get it out elsewhere because our dollar is so strong compared to other places and hell it's cheaper to go to Monte Carlo than it is to go to Vegas so even our tourism dollars start leaving the country as well so it puts this massive downward pressure on our GDP which really we can't stand to have it right now without some other you know negative effects um, you know currently. In the system, we're not very stable as it is, you know. As, as certainly, you know, you, we have seen in the news and and with the kind of unrest that's already around and the the malcontent with the unemployment, etc. Um, that kind of pressure could be damaging. But again, all of these things, you know, eventually self correct, and uh, it's so it's this balance between, you know, not overreacting and trying to keep. You know, bailing water in a sinking ship. You know, throwing more good money at bad money, basically, um, but also maintaining at least a smooth trend. I think the best thing I could hope for would be a a smooth transition <clears throat> between you know between all the stages. Even if we have to get to a depression, at least be smart enough to make it smooth. So there's not this massive run on the bank. There's not riots in the streets and food grabs and all of this nonsense. So. Really, if I was if I was you know creating monetary monetary policy, I would allow the economics to work, but you know at least try and make it smooth. You know, be preemptive. Maybe make decisions that are tougher earlier. You know, so it doesn't come out of sheer panic and uh, and create further ramifications. So that's a bit kind of where we had, where we had you know been talking with Brian. Uh, it was definitely a lively conversation, more more so perhaps than my little monologue here, but uh, it should get you up to speed, and I'll uh, I'll splice this in with the rest of the, uh, the content from Brian, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy, and we can uh, continue the discussion about uh, economics. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Here we are back again from a uh, little audio crash. Here we are on Warrior Poet Project number four. Uh, We had about 35 minutes that may be lost to the audio world, but I think we have it saved on the video world. We will certainly have to increase our technical capabilities here at the new podcast studio. Uh, I'm pretty sure the government stepped in and shut us down before we created worldwide (laughs) panic. Enough, a panic in the streets. Talking about the economic collapse that may be pending. Um, So, where we were, um, and let me just make sure that. all right here we are back online on the video side of things as well now so we have both audio and video live now wow this is really technical technical capabilities the utmost all right so here we were we were talking about uh somewhere in the issue of um what happens when spain if and when spain leaves basically that creates a situation where that country goes into chaos and because of the kind of interlinked um nature of our world economy then others start to fall so your your analysis was the minute that one currency leaves the euro those are the dominoes that are going to cause this kind of worldwide economic collapse that you know you see on these uh people are worried about on these you know bunker builder <laughs> disaster impending disaster shows that you yeah. see on the learning channel or discovery channel whatever uh, so that's that starts the initial dominoes uh going there and that's That's scary to think that that's the first domino because that's not too far away, potentially. I mean, maybe it all pulls out. Maybe Mm -hmm. the whole thing, you know, kind of comes back up. But it's certainly possible that 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 first domino
1: could fall. Oh, very much so. Uh, And once it does, it'll definitely set the stage for other countries that, you know, they may see Greece having pulled out and think that Greece is better off. So they may take it as their chance to do the same. And once that happens, uh, there'll be no stopping it.
0: And then, you know, so that all seems, maybe that all seems kind of far away um, for us, you know, with the euro and with everything. But in this day and age, maybe that was true at a certain point in time. You know, there was a bit of import, export business. But at this day and age, the way that money circulates, nothing is truly isolated anymore. You know, I mean, the the U.S. dollar and all these European currencies are directly interlocked and interlinked. Mm -hmm, Very much so. All right, so let's say let's say you know we start to see these dominoes start to fall, you know, and we're just a normal a normal guy, you know, trying to trying to survive and make sense of it. I mean, at what point do we start to go
1: into full kind of preparation mode? Um, <laughs> I, I probably would start making those preparations as soon as that first domino is tipped. So, you, know, you can never be too prepared for anything. I'd like to think, and and uh, I think that once that starts to happen, um, it'll be a very fast situation. I think that nobody's going to want to buy euros if any of the countries leave, um, because they'll start being worried about the other countries, and they'll see these other countries that are in the euro that need bailouts, and it will will create such a worldwide panic of euros that nobody will buy them, and it will just collapse right into the ground. Uh, Now, if the euro does start to collapse or Greece pulls out, uh, I would say buy dollars now. <laughs> I say that with a heavy heart because everybody knows how much the dollar is worth these days. But there will be a time um, while the euro is going through great turmoil that it makes the dollar very, very strong. Um, now, now that's you, say, good but you the, say you say buy dollars now for the everyday person.
0: They're like buy dollars. What do I buy dollars <laughs> with? I got to buy dollars with dollars. <laughs> right, so this right. is only this is only for this is only for people who can open a forex account yes. to buy dollars. You have to sell. Uh, another currency in the cross so you have to buy dollars with euros or buy dollars with yen or buy dollars with something else Mm. so just just to give you a heads up what he's saying (laughs) so if you do have access to a forex account and you want to be nifty what he's saying is there will be a period where that you can sell euros buy dollars and make a good amount of money Mm -hmm. while,
1: (laughs) while the money is still valuable so you can buy more goods yes very much so That's exactly what I'm saying now that the strong dollar is good and bad Um, It's good for a while, but if it gets too strong, then it's terrible for the economy because then exports become very pricey and, and nobody wants to pay... You know, a uh, high price for exports that they are once paying a lower price for. So yeah, again, no, there's yeah, going to be when, a fine when, line.
0: When buying a Ford costs as much as buying a Ferrari, you just stop selling Fords <laughs> across the, across exactly. the world. It's only Ferraris you know? from then on out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so really, but that's a kind of an extreme example. But all the goods and services we make become just way too expensive for mm-hmm. other countries to afford, and uh, and that becomes a big issue. Now that the the strength of the um, now the strength of the dollar. Um, is good for other countries, though, perhaps like China. So, could the strength of the U.S. dollar would that help China pull out of their uh, of, out of their woes?
1: I think that China is going to be a, a terribly, terribly devastating event. Um, they're already seeing some economic slowdown, um, and there's so many people and such a commercial real estate bubble there, along with the residential real estate bubble that. It dwarfs our real estate bubble. Um, there's, you know, the population there is so much higher. Uh, I think that once China goes, I'll definitely be investing in my bullets and beef jerky theory <laughs> immediately. Because, I, and I'm not saying China will go. I'm just saying that we all rely on China so much for so many imports that it will be uh, devastating for the entire world to have that economy slow down any more than it's slowing down right now
0: yeah that's uh that's certainly the case so all right so the bullets and beef jerky theory let's go let's go a little bit further into this okay so let's say you know at a certain point the dollar becomes less and less valuable now people have already looked for alternative alternate dollar um opportunities like the bitcoin thing Mm -hmm. which is you know something of a fiasco (laughs) to a certain degree because it's a fiasco it's just more
1: it's more fake money it's It's a it's it's
0: it's what you call a fiat currency anyways it's mm -hmm. backed by nothing they have machines that are mining Mining new coins out of fucking nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and then creating this currency. So, really, yeah, all right, maybe there's no regular central bank. Maybe there won't be any kind of hyperinflation because they can control the mining rate mm-hmm. of the actual currency. But, but really, when the end, really, really, the world's going to shit. End of the day, do you really
1: want to buy bitcoins Yeah, no, no. you don't want that shit. That's <laughs> no. gonna be the first shit to go. <laughs> exactly. You know, that'll like, go dollars. That.
0: So, <laughs> the people who are buying bitcoins, you know, if you still got some of those motherfuckers. You probably want to get out of that shit. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, although you could have maybe scalped. I mean, the the volatility in bitcoins is huge. I mean, if you're smart, you scalped and made some money on some certain shit.
1: But I think that's kind of a it was kind of a fad ordeal. I mean, I really don't see that having any legs down the road, especially if the world gets into a turmoil type situation even more than it is right now. I definitely don't see bitcoins being the way to go by any means.
0: Right. So then so then it leaves you to, you know, traditionally the world has turned to metals. Mm -hmm. But,
1: you know, earlier...
0: Um, In the podcast, you were talking about how you think that metals are currently a little bit overvalued because that's what's kind of given these metals a chance to really rise, particularly gold. Yeah, because it's the the other store of wealth besides uh, since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Really, gold has been a store of wealth Mm -hmm. um, and it's what people go back to. However... You know, it, if it gets bad enough, as I've always said, you can't eat gold. <laughs> you know, you can't no. you can't put it in a slingshot and fuck somebody up with it. Mm-mm. You know, you can't protect your home. You can't make bullets out of it. Nope. So it really depends on people wanting it for the prettiness of it, mm-hmm. a, the, you know, and, and making jewelry and shit. I mean, back in the old days, there was always some king that wanted gold to make a giant fucking gold cock. That yeah, he could I mean, put that's put the thing. In, is that's, that's why gold is so palace.
1: overvalued today because... There's, you know, forever and ever in time, gold has been such a high-priced and and such a show of wealth and status that everybody wanted it. So now that gold's, you know, over fifteen hundred dollars for an ounce of gold, it's insane. I mean, it's just it's just a metal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. and it's a good conductor yeah you know, but it's, it's great it's a, but th- that value of it as a conductor is going to decrease when the economy slows down yeah,
1: when your next golden line is silver and it's like forty dollars an ounce it's just there's a big window there it's yeah a huge window
0: so i've i've been a i've been a fan of of silver because silver's been as high as 50 dollars gold is at least pretty close to its highs i guess it got up to 1850 it's kind of yeah. dropped off that a little bit now down yeah. down to 1550 but silver has been above fifty dollars and mm-hmm. what is it now it's in the 30s 30s low, yeah. low 30s Mm-hmm so it almost has a chance to double before it even gets to its highs oh, so very much. Uh, if you are going to invest in a metal i think it makes more
1: sense to invest in silver yeah there's a lot more there's a lot more overhead for your for your silver investment you know it's got a long way to go up and it definitely can't go too much further down i mean when you're sitting at 30 you're definitely not you're not wo- nearly as worried than if you buy something at 1500 about all the the room below you at that point it's it's kind of scary
0: yeah and for people that know the historic ratio between gold and silver used to be a, a lot closer to like eight to ten to one mm-hmm. you know and right now we're at some 40 to one oh, it's, 50 it's to insane. one crazy yeah. crazy number that's historically you know way off what it used to be i mean yep. it used to be very close to that that old ratio so it seems to make sense that silver might need to go up gold might need to go down Mm -hmm. Um, and also look i mean at the point that you're actually exchanging metals for goods and using metals as a currency um it's very difficult to buy a small thing with gold especially when it's fifteen hundred dollars how are you gonna
1: <laughs> buy some fucking three dollar bread and then and everybody's like, what, what carry on point scales on know <laughs> yeah. how much this gold piece is they're getting <laughs> yeah i got little... four gold shillings that i cut in my basement <laughs> like what what the hell does that even yeah mean?
0: but silver you know you can get those in a variety of different coin sizes yep. I and mean, one ounce being being 30 dollars. so it's a lot easier to kind of Used in the, in the system of barter now with large financial transactions, yeah, you can't put a fucking pickup truck full of silver when you know you could get a briefcase full of gold. Obviously, yep. so the major financial transactions will still happen with gold in that kind of situation. However, you know, for the everyday people, silver will be.
1: Will be more accessible and more yeah. valuable so I, I think if it ever gets to the point where we're relying on gold to make major financial transactions there won't be any financial transactions anyway
0: yeah well it'll be individual barter transactions <laughs> it will be you know different people kind of dealing with that but yeah. i think you know it seems to me all of this kind of the government seems to have been kind of preparing for some fucked up shit. you know all the indefinite detention laws and all that stuff mm-hmm. they've kind of passed and and all of the allowances of the National Guard, I think they're kind of like, maybe they don't you know, expect it, but they're preparing for some kind of really fucked up system. Because when it starts to go, it starts to go ugly.
1: Exactly. And I and I think that they probably have a pretty good idea of, of you know, uh, the economy and the world economy and how it's all intertwined and, and how dangerous of a situation we really are in right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that just assume that, you know we will be okay eventually in time and everything will be great but people don't realize that once those dominoes start to fall they're not going to stop falling so if you have your money right so then we're going to want to start putting a little bit into silver
0: you know probably um probably that's what you want to do um you know and then at, you want to have some food stores mm-hmm. you know some basic simple stuff obviously um, um You know, some different uh, protein powders and some different dried foods, maybe. I don't think we're not saying, you know, go overboard, you know, because the dominoes haven't started to fall yet. Mm -hmm. You know, but if if this euro thing, if they can't pull out and everything starts getting worse and worse, that's when you need to start increasingly paying attention to that. And then other things, you know, you probably want to invest in a gun and some bullets.
1: Probably want to invest in a lot of bullets. Yeah. Bullets. (laughs) I bet bullets have the chance to be used for currency before gold and silver do. That's an interesting theory. That's, that's a very, at the point where bullets are being used as a currency. <laughs> well, I think at the point where we're using gold and silver for currency, it's not going to matter. It's already right. So be. we're just going to skip that stage. You think it's, the the <laughs> I, decline is going to be so I fast. Mean, I'm telling you this. That if, if the world economy goes to such crap that I'm in a situation to where I've got to start cutting pieces off my gold bar to, to barter with people, I'd much rather have about 50 bullets. <laughs> all right bartering has so, taken a new a new direction at that so, point. all
0: right so maybe maybe if you're under brian jimerson's theory you don't even want to bother with the gold and silver and just go straight to the guns and the dogs you know have a well-trained dog <laughs> don't forget your beef jerky <laughs> he likes the beef jerky too a well-trained dog, some beef jerky and some bullets but you know that seems like you know we talk about it now and it seems you know and we can talk about it with a smile and the only reason we can talk about it with a smile is because it still seems like a fantasy like it can't really happen because we've lived in a time where yeah people talk about doom and gloom they talk about so this bullshit happening but it just doesn't ever seem to happen you know mm-hmm. somehow everything just seems to keep going on the fucking merry-go-round keeps spinning and everybody keeps being like yeah yeah it's all right but it
1: at a certain point, it could happen. It, it definitely could happen, and I'm not here saying that it will. Uh, I would prefer it didn't. Of I think course. I we all prefer it doesn't. But, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to be aware of the situation that, you know, shit can hit the fan immediately. Um, and it's not, like you said, it's not something that's going to happen over a five-year period. Once it starts to happen, it's going to be here, and it's going to be on your doorstep. And there will be war and looting and poverty and it will be a nasty situation for the entire world.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I was watching, uh, I was watching the uh, Game of Thrones season. I'm a huge fan. I've also read all <laughs> the books. Great, Great show. Great show. But I, I, there, was interesting, there was an interesting line in there from, uh, from the character Braun and they were talking about rounding up all the thieves and killing them before King's Landing went into siege. And, uh, and he was like, you know what the thieves do? The thieves do as soon as you know uh, uh, a nation's under siege is they steal all the food. And then they are the most wealthy people in the in in the state because mm-hmm. they have all the food. I mean, at the point where it gets bad, you know, people are gonna have organized, you know, lootings of
1: different food sources and oh, people yeah. are gonna <clears throat> grab control of and that I'll, shit. I'll be leading the way because <laughs> I wanna want as much stuff as I can and the government won't be able to provide it for me. Right.
0: So so really there's gonna be a massive grab. You know that happens kind of quick, so it's better to be be more prepared. You also obviously want to. I mean, ideal situation you have some kind of self-sustaining uh, ranch type of ranch type of system where you mm-hmm. can get continue to grow food and continue to do stuff. At least you know it may flare and then recover. You know, but there may be massive damage and death and destruction during that flare. You know, as things get in kind of a panic situation mm-hmm. and then it pulls out. It doesn't have doesn't mean like we're in Armageddon eternally you know it could just be get ugly real quick where there's a big food grab you know there's a bunch of shit that goes down and then all of a sudden everything kind of settles down Um,
1: if the money goes you know chances are your internet's gonna go your phone's gonna go you know you're gonna run out of gas and and it's just gonna be a sloppy site all around
0: yeah so i guess i guess the idea is you know let's hope it doesn't happen it's certainly the initial dominoes that would say that it is going to happen haven't fallen yet although they're leaning a little bit they're tipping they're wobbling so best to be a bit safe and uh and kind of prepare that way uh another kind of tangential uh and interesting thing that's been happening lately it's almost like the zombie collective consciousness of the world <laughs> that has risen up lately has created this kind of incidence of these face-biting bath salt zombies. These idiots. (laughs) These idiots. Crazy people to begin with, no doubt. Yeah. But they're (laughs) actually eating people's faces because they've been too high on bath salts.
1: It's just zombie apocalypse in the beginning. It's it's, it's insane. Uh, These people go buy these, quote-unquote, spices from legally, might I add legally, from your local head shop, and they eat it. And next thing you know, they're eating people, um, and and I see this every weekend in Austin, Texas. <laughs> not the eating the people. Not, but, eating
0: the, people. The, not but, the
1: eating the people. But the bath not the eating the people. The bath salt yet. phenomenon. No, the the bath salt phenomenon. It's it's incredible to me because people don't care. They just that you know it's whatever they can do to get fucked up, and they put things in their system that they don't even know what they're putting in, and everybody says the same thing. I don't react that way. All right, it doesn't do that to me. Well, it just takes one time of getting overheated and turning into a mobster, gobster eating somebody's face that <laughs> that you're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. these people don't care. It's it's literally the stupidest thing that could ever happen. It
0: to is. Anybody. It is. So so for people who don't know what these things actually are—bath salts or spices—you can go to your head shop and get them. And what it is, it's a cat and mouse game that these companies are playing. Uh, with the with the FDA and 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 the the legal system so basically something like real MDMA has been outlawed um, but it has a very strong effect on your serotonin mechanism so what they will try and do is they'll try and say okay and there's tons of things not just MDMA but a bunch of things that give you this kind of uh, euphoric feeling that drug you know these recreational drug users are chasing Um, so they outlaw a variety of chemical structures and then so what these other companies do is they make analogs to these chemical structures which are not that exact chemical structure Mm -hmm. and because it hasn't been discovered yet it's still legal Mm -hmm. you know so it's it'll have maybe a one-year run it's completely unsafe completely untested but they say it's a bath salt because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to ingest it. So they're allowed to sell it as, as long something. as they
1: say not for human consumption. Yeah, so
0: they sell it as something that you put in your bathtub. Obviously, it's <clears throat> in a fucking tiny little amount. You know, like that's going to dissolve in a bath. <laughs> in a clear pill. Yeah, a clear pill. But it's a game. It's a game they're playing by creating these chemicals that they say not for human consumption that people eat. And when they eat, they get this euphoric feeling. Now, that feeling is nothing like. What is that? It's not mine. I don't know. Well, it is yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently but it's it mine. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: so they are chasing this euphoric feeling and what ends up happening is unlike, you know, the real drugs, these drugs last maybe 30 minutes of positive feeling and what?
1: 48 hours of just of just being hell? a crack addict. I mean, yeah. just can't sleep. Massive dehydration. Your body body overheating. Yeah, and uh, They kind of refer to it as like a cocaine psychosis to where your body heats up so much from the inside that it starts to kill your organs and starts to fry your brain. And really uh, like in the case of the Miami case where the the guy was chewing on the other guy's face and literally ate everything but this man's goatee. um, He was pretty (laughs) much dead before he was killed. Uh, The cops approached the man and he looked up at him with human flesh hanging from his mouth and growled. And then they shot him, and he growled again. So they had to put him down. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a mobster gobster, I don't know what is. Jesus.
0: So, and and the problem is, it's probably all right. So you take one of these bath salts once, and you feel like shit, and then you. But the problem is. You know you feel so bad and you feeling the initial feeling was so good that you end up taking off Fuck it i'll take it again mm-hmm. you know i'll take it again and then you're not hydrating and then all of a sudden you know you've been up for five days on bath salts and your body's at 108 degrees mm-hmm. you have no fluid left at all and for some reason uh, maybe it is the collective consciousness of the world you know talking about zombies and zombie apocalypse this and zombie show that walking dead you know all of this stuff Whatever it is, whether it's the collective consciousness rising or if there's some kind of nutrient in eyeballs or brains that these people are after, maybe just the pure liquid of somebody else's face.
1: I mean, it probably just dumbs you down to the most natural instincts of, you know, kill and eat and and that's it. They said the guy in Miami, um, I believe I was reading this correctly, yes, last night, he was completely naked and stripped down, but he had his Bible on him. <laughs> and if they, they interviewed his mom or his grandma or something, and she says, oh, he was always such a good boy. He always carried his Bible around everywhere. So, I mean, just to think of, like, the mental perspective of what this guy is going through when he, when he starts to, you know, quote, unquote, turn into a zombie. Uh, you know, he grabs his Bible something he used to carry around all the time when he was a little kid, and then he gets naked and goes out and starts trying to find people to kill. It's a very, very frightening thought process. Yeah. I mean, it just has to be horrible.
0: And the idea that, you know, in an economic collapse, certainly um, drug use is definitely going to going to hit a rise, I would oh, say, yeah, especially sure. these, you know, people in a dire situation, you know, people looking for some kind of escape. Yeah, if drugs, if alcohol, gonna, and drugs, sex. Alcohol, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those are going to be the reprieves from this. So... You know, this idea all of a sudden I used to completely scoff at this zombie apocalypse thing cuz it was just a fucking joke. It was just you know, silly. I wasn't even But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're facing a potential economic collapse mm-hmm. where drug use and and it's really easy to make this fucking these bath salts, you know. It's really easy and it's really insanely cheap. Insanely cheap. Yeah. So, you know, so the market could basically get flooded with these fucking things. Mm-hmm. And um and maybe they figure out one that feels better for a little longer. And doesn't have quite so bad a come down, but but it still fucking causes the overheating. Mm -hmm. And maybe that floods the market and people are like, Fucking life sucks anyways. I'm fucking starving. This is fucking miserable. I'm I'm worried about my life. And everybody starts taking this and whole holy shit, all of a sudden, you know, there's something close to fucking zombies out there trying to eat people.
1: If shit hits the fan, I may invest in some bath salts. (laughs) It may just be the way I decide to go out. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> if I see you coming <laughs> with flesh dripping on your face, I am not asking questions, right? No questions
0: asked. <laughs> I'm not asking any questions. Well, this has been an interesting conversation for sure. I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, the moral is, you know, this is not, we're not telling people to freak out. We're not telling people to you know, stop what you're doing because that's certainly not going to help matters. You know, go out, live your life, spend your money, do your thing, but keep it in the back of your mind. Keep one eye on the Euro crisis. You know, see if these countries start falling out. Uh, keep an eye on everything that's there and then you know maybe maybe it makes sense to buy some silver definitely makes sense to have some other tangible assets i mean a gun is always going to be valuable you know at any given point you know, mm-hmm. you'll get your money out of a gun in a bad financial
1: situation i agree um,
0: if you have a great dog you know maybe you think about not fucking uh, spaying and neutering them you know <laughs> yeah, so, you can make some, them. so you can make some more dogs you yeah. know because dogs are going to be valuable you know start thinking about little things that you can do even in your residential area even if you live in a duplex you know little things that you can kind of get and have a little food a couple days worth of food you know buy some Vega shakes from our from on com. you know get some things together that just in case that will sustain you for a couple weeks you know and a couple tubs of vega you know yeah you'll be a little hungry but you can live off that shit it's got the complete nutrients in it it's things like that that aren't going to be crazy where you're packing your freezer and getting cans and like all kinds of nutty stuff but have some water have some stuff you can mix in it so you can at least ride out a situation without you know going into a panic yeah panic
1: never helped anybody you definitely don't want to do panic.
0: yeah so just just kind of keep an eye out and if you see somebody with flesh dripping off their face uh, be careful. Although there was a there was a hoax that somebody did in a park in Florida. Oh yeah. Somebody went to some like ghetto park and he put like blood and stuff off his face. It's the worst joke and ever. Started, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> and he started walking around, like, oh, and growling and stuff, and like all these people just scattered, just. Boom! Scattered, that and then the dumbest till finally, man ever. finally, some gangster just pulled a gun on him, and he's like, oh, oh, "Oh, I'm
1: just kidding, <laughs> just, kidding. just joking." Just Worst joke. joke but that's ever. That's a bad joke. We
0: don't need it. We don't need to do that because people are going to start shooting those people on sight. <laughs> so,
1: I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on here, man. Is there any uh, any way people can get a hold of you at Twitter, Facebook, or anything
1: like that? Yeah, you can get a hold of me uh, on Facebook or on Twitter. You can just send me a personal message. My uh, screen name is Big N A T I X B I G N A T X.
0: All right, man. Well, I appreciate
1: you coming on. It's been a good conversation, and uh, we'll keep an eye on things as they
0: come down the the line. Thank you, Kurt. All right. Thanks.